Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So today on the Lose the Cape podcast, our uh, podcast for busy modern moms, um, trying to pull all the strategies that we can for how to survive this motherhood, we have an extra special guest today <laughs> with us. We have, we have not only... Only our our intended guest Sarah, but also her son. What's his name? Logan. Logan. Uh, yes. So <laughs> you hear him in the background as we were just discussing. We're all moms, so we totally get what that's like when you're working <laughs> from home and sometimes have um, additional people joining you while you work. Yes. <laughs> the little people. So uh, Sarah is a financial storyteller. Um, and we're going to talk about what that means, but she likes to weave practical tips and strategies into her writing so that she can help um, others change their mindset and uh, and do good through through all of that great stuff. So I'm looking forward to talking to you because I know money mindset is challenging for many, many, especially moms who work for themselves and trying to figure it all out. So thank you for being with us today. No, thank you. I'm glad that um, you invited me on. Yeah. So is Logan your only child? He is. And uh, maybe there'll be a second child, but I don't want to jinx anything. <laughs> <laughs> for now, for now he's a handful. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. I often joke that if I hadn't had mine with um, all of our, mine are spaced just about two to two and a half years apart. If I had not done it then, um, that way and quickly like that, I probably would have only had one child because once you get out of that crazy stage and, and it starts to get easier, you're kind of like, hmm, do I really want to go back into all of that again? But then again, I look at other people who have their kids spaced out more and, and their older children can help more. Their older children are easier instead of having three, four and under. Uh, you know, I guess there's ups and downs to all sides of it, right? Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> Okay, so tell us a bit more about you, what you do, and and what it means to be a financial storyteller. Okay, so I came up with that name actually quite by accident. Um, so for me, I was really interested in the idea of um, doing better with money. And so the more I, I did with exploring my own, um, you know, kind of struggles with money, I realized it was really a mindset thing. And so I just really started sharing my stories. Um, I'm also, you know, a freelance writer. So I, I really pitched a lot of stories where I just interview people and what their struggles were and how they became really resilient as a result of some of the struggles they came through or some of the things that they've learned. And so, which is really interesting. So then I, I figured out, hey, you know, I'm, I'm actually a storyteller. I'm not a writer. I'm not just a writer. Right. I'm actually a storyteller. And many people have actually told me that that's what I am and I thought okay why am I denying that part I can't just say I'm a writer I'm actually a storyteller and right um so that's really how that that name came about and so you know I think that we all connect with each other on a human level and the way to do it is through stories mm -hmm. you know, because it's not um you know if I'm just preaching advice to you right now you're probably going to say mm, I don't want to hear this right but if I tell you a story or an experience that I went through 
you know, we're going to connect with that story. And it's, it's much easier than for me to share what I've learned. And hopefully, you know, you're going to do something similar to, to change, you know, for the better. Right. Absolutely. Well, and that's one of the things that I like about these podcasts so much too, is that, you know, interviewing all these different moms and our approaches to motherhood are so different. Our approaches to getting it all done is so different, but listening to people tell their stories and, and how they got to be where they are. It's fascinating to me too. Also to see the woman uh, beyond the mom, you know? Uh, And um, yeah, I love stories. I love, I love being a part of helping people share their story as well. So um, now you're a freelance writer, but do you actually, um, do you do any type of consulting or how do you work with people as a financial storyteller? So right now I, um, I'm working with two people. They, they just came to me for help. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been emailing each other back and forth. So it's not a, a consulting or co- a coaching kind of thing. I'm really just working through with them. And, and because we just talked so much on email, I'm like, let's just hop on a phone call. And so that may be something I will do in the future. I think um, I really want to see what becomes of these, these two people right now and mm-hmm. then how their stories develop. Um, one thing I did just, uh, developed a few months ago was a spending triggers course. Um, oh. This was, yeah, so this was based on something I do a lot and people were talking about it quite a bit with me. And I realized there's some wonderful courses out there on budgeting and, you know, getting your finances straight, but they don't really um, touch upon the emotional aspects of spending mm-hmm. because I feel like where I failed in budgeting and spending was not really admitting that I was upset that day or something triggered uh-huh. you know, the spending. And so, you know, I just came up with this really small course to say, Hey, like if you take the time to really just figure out why you made your purchases and why you justified them and do it over a span of two weeks, um, at least span of two weeks, then you're really going to start to figure out patterns that emerge. Like even going grocery shopping, for example, as a spending trigger, you know, and people are very surprised. They always think, okay, well, no, it's just because I'm stressed going to a mall. No, there's, there's other things at play that led you to be stressed going to the mall <laughs> you right. know, or going right. to the market or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So how do you, um, how are you currently working with them then to work through these, these triggers or, um, or the issues with their financial mm-hmm. mindset? Okay. So right now, um, we just really honed in on their, their major, what they feel like is their biggest problem. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know, I'm not going to name any names right now because they, they want to be honest. Yeah, no. The one in particular is really nervous because, um, her husband's income is very, um, irregular, you know, much like freelance writers. So right. <laughs> he, she um, realizes she actually counts accounts for income before it even enters her bank account. Mm. And so she's really stressed because she's like, well, you know, we have these bills and I account for this income and it's just not working. And she's, I think, you know, bottom line, she's making a lot of these assumptions about it. And so I said, well, you know, let's start doing something simple and just start tracking exactly everything you spend. And then we can look at that and figure out, um, you know, what's, what's going on with your numbers, you know, where are you, is there anything that you can change about your spending or, um, you know, even just something simple as celebrating the money that comes in and then using it instead of just, Oh, he's pulling on my headphones. <laughs> um, like, Listen to me, mommy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So that's really what it is. It's, it's actually, um, giving her, this person a chance to explore 
why they're stressed and allowing them to feel that way and giving them permission to feel that way. And then we work through, you know, what are some possible solutions to help her with managing that emotional side of it and the money, you know, management side of it. That's cool. So do you have a background in, in finance or are you just um, doing this based on your own personal experiences and what worked? I, I don't. I actually, this is very accidental that it happened to me, which, you know, is great. I, I didn't realize that this was a path I was going to go down on. Actually, yeah. I actually didn't realize I was going to be a mother and, you know. Right. <laughs> so um, I'm just, you know, it's just an opportunity to help people and I'm just going to embrace it and see where it takes me. I love it. So um, now what you also have developed a coloring book. So let's talk about that. What is it? What's it for? Who's it for? Why? All that good stuff. Okay. So I, I actually developed that coloring book um, kind of almost for myself. So I went through this big international move a few months ago and it was really stressful. I, I didn't realize how stressful it was, you know, moving he was then an 18 month old across, you know, the world and, yeah. you know, we're starting our life and, and all this stuff. And so I started coloring. I, I, I like to color to kind of relax, but I was also stressing about money. Not that I, you know, didn't have it. It was really the fact that I was spending all this money on furniture and stuff and I was getting yeah. irritated with it. And so I'm like, oh, you know, this, these coloring books aren't working for me. And so what I always do to feel better about myself is I, I doodle and I write money mantras down. And so, cool. that's what I, yeah, so that's what I started doing. And I thought, hey, I could really turn this into a coloring book. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started telling my friends about it. And I said, you know, this, I just had this like kind of silly little idea to publish something. And so they said, go for it. So I gave myself a timeline of 30 days. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, you know, um, I think I've a total of 30 images. So I think I did one or two images a day. And I thought, this is totally doable. And so that's what I did. And um, so far, the people I have, um, you know, that have responded to it are saying, you know, this is really, I love the pictures, you know, the money mantras are really great. It forced me just to kind of med, not, almost like a meditative practice. Yeah, relax about it. Because I think when we think about money, it's such a serious topic. And it doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. you know, it could be fun. It, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back in the day of like piggy banks. And like my son right now, we have a, a huge coin collection of, of um, coins that we've collected over the years traveling. And mm-hmm. he loves, you know, opening up the piggy bank, jiggling it, you know, throwing <laughs> it everywhere and it back in, you know, the piggy bank. And I thought, like, why, why can't we kind of recapture that again with money and, and being, you know, having fun with it. And so, right. Um, that's really how that coloring book came about. And is your, is the coloring book for sale? Yes. So it's currently on Amazon and create space. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about these money mantras. Um, what, when you say you, you, uh, doodled money mantras, what does that mean? What types, what types of things? So they're really just phrases to, um, ground me and to remind me that I, I have it really good because <laughs> mm-hmm. I do. And so, I remember I was transitioning from a part-time freelance writer to a full-time freelance writer. And so I was really nervous about the whole up and down income thing. Yeah. And I remember, you know, freaking out over late invoices, you know, I didn't make my income calls, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, you know what, like Sarah, you, you rock at freelance writing. You're really good at this. It's not that, you know, um, your, your income's not a reflection of your skills. And so I just started writing, I am a money magnet, like something really simple it. like that. <laughs> yeah. It's really I love cool. it. I'm writing that down right now. I yeah. am a money magnet. <laughs> and there's a really good one too that, um, oh my gosh, I was listening to a podcast and, and they wrote, 
and they said, I serve, therefore I deserve. So you, you know, you're giving your so much of yourself out there. And this goes for not even for money, just for mothers in general. Like you, you work pretty freaking hard all day. Yeah. yeah, right. And so you, you deserve having time yourself or you deserve the money that you're asking, or you deserve, you know, that little extra treat, you know, with a reason, of course, but you know, you're putting yourself out there. And so why not? And so I started writing these down. Um, I wrote another one called you deserve to be wealthy, you know, for different people, it could mean a lot of money. It could mean extra time for me. It's the ability to be at home with my son mm-hmm. and still be able to provide financially for my family. And so that's my definition of wealth. And so every time I color or I write down these money mantras, I just think about those in my head and what mm-hmm. that means for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so uh, just a little bit more than about your, is it, it's an adult coloring book. Yes. To be clear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had um, my, one of my friends bought it and he gave it to his son, five-year-old son. And he, um, he did color. He colored like the little piggy banks. There's um, a piggy bank cartoon and he, you know, sits in a convertible and money's flying from the car. <laughs> so he really likes that particular picture, but yeah, it's primarily an adult coloring book. Do you have any thoughts about making one for kids to teach them about money management or money mantras or any of that? I do. I've um, quite a few people have asked me about that actually. And I did um, back in the heyday when I was a teacher in my previous career life, um, (laughs) (laughs) I did publish a coloring book for my students. That was a, that was kind of a hobby, Uh Uh, not a hobby, but no, it wasn't intended to be, you know, a bestseller, but I published it for my, uh, my students and they really liked it. And I thought, can I continue those characters with money? And so this is something that I'm hoping I can do in 2017. I have a lot of things kind of working in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I do publish, they're going to probably be in April, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Um, so, okay. So now back to your freelance writing then. Um, are you, tell us a little bit about like your website versus your freelance writing. Are you doing, um, are you doing commissioned work on your website? Or are you working for other people or um, what exactly is your business as a freelance writer? Okay. So primarily what I do right now is blog writing, blog articles for um, publications. Mm-hmm. So they are, you know, anywhere from credit unions to credit card companies um, to, you know, editorial kind of type blogs. Um, so I focus a lot on, on real estate investing at the moment. So it really, it really depends on the publication. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the topics I write about anywhere from how to budget to interview people about their, their stories, like I mentioned before. And so when I first started, I actually just had a website. Um, it was literally, hi, my name's Sarah. You know, this is what I specialize in. And then I had my portfolio and testimonials. And so that website's still up. Um, right now I have a blog about, you know, the, the personal finance aspect of it. So that. I, I started that about nine months ago mm-hmm. as sort of a side hobby. It's a you know, side hobby or side hustle to my main hustle. I guess. Right. <laughs> and um, people started coming through that way. I have actually, I just brought on a new client last night as a result of watching some of the videos that I put together on there. And they're like, we just love this. Like we want you to do it for our website. And I said, okay, great. So quite by accident, accidentally, you know, my blog now has become a portfolio for, work. Right. Well, that's <laughs> but, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you never know when, when you throw things out there, what will happen. Yeah. And that's really interesting because you said you were a teacher. So, um, I, you mentioned that you started blogging, just kind of sharing some stories, but did you, did you envision yourself becoming a freelance writer specifically to talk about financial stuff or did it just kind of fall into place that way? 
And really, what were you doing? What were you doing before? Sorry. That's okay. Um, no, that was really like, oh, the whole finance part is very, very much by accident. <laughs> um, so when I started freelance writing, um, so, so the, it's a really long background story, but I'm originally from Canada. My husband's uh, U.S. Uh-huh. We met in China. Long story short, we moved <laughs> back to the U. We moved to the U.S. Um, you know, for a year because I was figuring out, you know, green card issues and blah blah blah. Uh-huh. And so during that time, I couldn't really work because I didn't have a, you know, social security number, right? You know, things like that. And so I thought, like, what can I do? And so um, I don't know what I googled, but I, I stumbled upon Carol Tice's um, "Make a Living Writing" blog, mm-hmm. and I think it was still fairly new back then. And so I just started reading, I'm like, oh, that'd be neat. I can just do something from my computer. And, you know, she suggested, like, look at your industry experience. So my experience was, you know, teaching elementary school. And so I started pitching to um, different blogs. And it, and it was, like, paid guest blogging opportunities. And out of the six that I pitched to, I got accepted for five. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. I'm like, that's 50 bucks a pop right there. Right. <laughs> you right. know? Um, and so I did that for, you know, a couple months and then we, my husband and I eventually moved back to China to teach. And so I really sort of forgot about it. Um, and then, you know, long story short, I kind of got more, I, I think I subscribed to a, uh, freelance writing gigs, um, newsletter. Uh-huh. So there were a couple of gigs there for, um, you know, like textbook writing. So I started doing that. And then wow. I had a friend who had a, um, had a, fi- a freelance writing blog, like a fine and a personal finance blog. And she said, you know what, like you have a very interesting perspective. Can you talk about freelancing overseas? So I wrote a blog about that. Uh-huh. And then that blog has led to five clients. Wow. Space. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it's, yeah. So one day I got, you know, an email and they're like, Hey, um, I found you through this blog and you talk about international finance. Can you write some blogs about investing in gold? Wow. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, okay. <laughs> so I did that. And then I got another email and they're like, we're really interested in investing in China. Would you write a blog about that? And I thought, okay. And so that just really snowballed. That's interesting. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, the text writings have dried up, but, but the personal finance have just blew up you know yeah well that's definitely money is something we'll never stop talking about Mm so good on you for uh finding a niche like that and really uh, developing it that's fantastic um so it's really funny though my financial advisor has no background whatsoever in finance (laughs) (laughs) well i can't i can't directly give like finance advice right i will have to say that out there because then i don't want to go like sarah you know you told me about this app and it sucks you know (laughs) right right, exactly but you can help tell people what's worked for you or what the research you've found has shown or all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff well that's super interesting So you've made this big international move then and you have a small child and you're balancing your own uh, freelance career. Um, how do you, how do you get through the struggle of the juggle of all of that? What are some of the things oh that help God. you? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing that I started doing, cause I was like, I can work all day. I can just hop in between my computer and my son and, you know, <laughs> grabbing water bottles from right now and things like that. Um, and then I just went crazy. Like you, yeah. you can't do it that way. No. <laughs> You know, I found my, my best writing is when I'm sitting, my butt is on the chair and you're, I don't know what you want. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and anyways, and, and I'm like, okay, no, I got to figure out uh, chunks of time when I can work. And so uh-huh. for me, you know, some people I know work really early or late at night. I can't do that because I, I sleep really, my bedtime's like 830. <laughs> and so, you know, I got to be realistic. So I was really realistic about my schedule and then I knew when my son would nap. And so, 
you know, when he was younger, it was like an hour in the morning, an hour in the afternoon. So I thought, okay, whatever my deep work consists of, whether it's, you know, filming a video or writing an article or, you know, researching something, those are the only times I'm allowed to do it. Mm -hmm. So so having the urgency and the deadline really pushed me to just, you know, do those things then. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, for me, then I'm like, okay, well, you know, if he's awake, I can still do things, but it'll be things that if I'm distracted, it's okay. Yeah. You know, if it's like, something on Facebook or right. making an image or something. So that's really worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, you know, and be realistic about it. And, and what, another thing that's really helped me is to sit down every night and also sit down at the end of a week and just say, okay, what did I actually do today? Did it contribute to um, what I want to accomplish tomorrow or the next week? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it really propelling me towards, you know, the actual goal that I'm trying to achieve and, and be honest with yourself about it. You know, there, there are days and you know, you're going to have to be honest. Like there are days when your kids are throwing a big fit and you're just uh-huh. not going to get anything done. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're going to write down, okay, I didn't get anything done because this happened. Be right. Realistic. What tasks can you do moving forward the next day? And so uh-huh. those are the things that I've really done um, and implemented that have worked. So, you know, if you have a day where your babysitter comes in for that one entire day, then make it that day to do your deep work. Right. Have an hour, then do an hour. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a very smart way to think about it. I'm horrible when it comes to actually like planning, like when it comes to sitting down and making sure that I have everything scheduled out and that I know what's happening. I'm a very much a fly by the seat of my pants person, which does not work very well um, (laughs) when managing a business. So I've been trying to train myself and it is a training process to, you know, sit down and, and force myself to take an hour out of my creation time to do planning and goal setting and task lists and things like that. It makes a big difference. makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and this is a mistake I've done because I've always been boom, work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. The thing I realized is that um, I didn't view planning as important. Right. It's really silly, but I didn't, I felt like the action, the doing and the planning right. was not like, who cares about that? And I realized no, it is actually an action item. It should be an action item in everybody's to-do list or whatever right. you call it. Because once you sit down and mentally give space to things, that's when they get done. Absolutely. Yeah. So true. So um, do you have any particularly good resources that you like to use to help you keep things organized or planning or balancing motherhood? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm very obsessed with Asana right now. It's uh, <laughs> It's a to-do app uh-huh. um, because I've tried, you know, some people swear by, you know, the written planners and I've tried doing that, but my son's ripped up pages. And so, <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, there went that list. <laughs> yeah. And, um, or I'll forget my, you know, when I was, when it was a side hustle, I would forget, you know, my, my planner work and things. And right. so I, um, I digitize everything. I color code things, mm-hmm. um, you know, and according to priority and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's been a really, um, really big help. Another thing that I, I started doing, which, um, really gives me, you know, frees up mental spaces. When I'm reading an email and it's not something I really care to read or respond to right away, I snooze it in Gmail. And so you can have it sent back to you, um, you know, whenever you need it. So for example, I have, you know, I used to subscribe to um, different newsletters on, you know, productivity or, you know, mm-hmm. business growth. And mm-hmm. now I only dedicate one week, one day a week to read those. And so whenever I get an email during the week, I just snooze it till Sunday. And then Sunday, I know these are the times I'm going to read it. And so that has helped because when you see a full inbox, even though it's just, you know, half its junk mail, you're going to feel like, 
have to answer this all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's such yeah. a good idea. You know, I've been using Gmail for years and years and years, and I never even thought about using the snooze function. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's, smart. It's funny because uh, one of my friends um, was telling me about that. And I thought, what is, I'm like, oh, I've heard of boomerang. And she's like, no, it's literally inside Gmail where you just click, you don't receive this till the next day. And I thought, oh, oh, that's so smart. smart. Um, and then another one, there's a few, there's a few apps that I use as well. There's one called hide inbox. So it, when you log into Gmail, it literally hides your inbox. So <laughs> just want to go in to com, uh, compose an email. You're not distracted by the incoming things that are coming in. And then uh-huh. it's called a news, a Facebook newsfeed eradicator, <laughs> which, because I get really, so I'm on Facebook because that's where these two people right now I'm working with are messaging me. Right. And so if I'm hopping on or if I'm on one of the Facebook groups, you know, um, answering questions or whatever, I get really distracted by my home screen. And so I, mm-hmm. I, just, need to, I just need to eliminate it. <laughs> so for me, the best product to do is just eliminating my distractions. And those are the, the two that I've really, uh, that have helped. Yeah, that's very smart. So I like to, I like to contemplate the, uh, the more serious things in life. So I've been asking people lately, uh, what are the things as a mom that concern you right now? What's keeping you up at night um, in terms of trying to raise your son and, and do what's best as a mother? So I, I, it's really difficult when he's, um, when I'm home with him and I'm doing freelance work because I feel like, um, there has to be either the work or him, yeah. you know, and that's not true, but I, you know, that, that struggle is always going to be there, I think, you know, and I guess you can call it mother guilt. So that's something mm-hmm. I have to work through constantly, mm-hmm. you know, um, like this morning he was being a little bit rowdy and I put on Paw Patrol for an hour and it's <laughs> like, I had to get over that guilt of yeah. I needed this time to write an email. Right. <laughs> you know, or right. this. So um, I don't think that's ever going to go away, but I just have to accept the fact that, you know, I'm human and I need time to myself and that's okay. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and I, and oh gosh, one thing I did and I didn't realize I did was I compared myself to a lot of moms and the kids and how they're being raised. Like, for example, um, I'm very worried right now about whether, how many words my son knows. Oh, you know, yeah. All the parenting books say, you know, by this age, you know, right. this and this and this. Oh. And I, yeah. And I, um, I had to stop. I just stopped reading books. Like if there was like a, I don't want to say developmental issue, but if I'm really interested in a certain milestone, like a physical milestone, then I'll, I'll kind of pop up in a blog or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, I just, I can't because I feel like, I already feel like I don't do a good enough job, whether or not that's true. Yeah. And to, and to then compare my son to somebody else's, you know, child, it's just, work (laughs) and I can I can tell you as the mother of three children Mm -hmm. that they are all so very different and they can be perfectly normal and healthy and meet those milestones I mean like you said there's obviously sometimes when there's developmental delays and when you should be worried if your son's two and does not speak then (laughs) (laughs) at all then that might be something to look into but yeah I mean they're so different and my kids have done things I mean my son didn't speak until he was a little bit older. My mm-hmm. middle child, she was speaking in full sentences by the time she was a little over a year old. It was wow. kind of freaky. I had to remind right. myself she was only 15 months old because I'm like, who is this little person? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and then my daughter, my youngest, didn't talk. Oh, well, we went through speech therapy. She was a preemie, mm-hmm. so she had her own set of issues. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, you can't, you can't compare. Yeah. You can't. You have to just make sure that you're you know, noticing if anything seems mm-hmm. really off, but 
I mean, gosh, they all do their own thing, just like potty training. I mean, it, I, I've seen some people have their kids potty trained at a year old, and some people aren't until they're four. You know, it just people are different. Babies are different. Kids are different. So yeah, I, I think you know, I I'm a recovering perfectionist, <laughs> and you know, I always felt like, I mean, gosh, I was always like, I have to have my house clean. I have to have certain things in place. You know, and, and I'm like, oh, my kid's going to be, I'm not going to be messy like the other moms. I'm going to have everything in boxes. And, <laughs> and, you know, if you see my living room right now, I mean, oh, my gosh. <laughs> can't Life, see happens. Life yeah. happens. And so I had to let go of a lot of that yeah. perfectionism stuff. And yeah. just being realistic about, you know what, like, if I don't get these things done, if that frame you know, picture frame happens to fall on the floor and he breaks the glass. It happens, you know? Right, like, right. Um, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. And so I think, you, you know, um, having those different perspectives and priorities and seeing what's important for him and, and me to be able to accommodate that, you know, and, and also kind of meeting my needs too is always going to be there. Um, but it's getting easier. Um, uh-huh. You know, I'm getting uh-huh. better with, with the boundaries and, and just giving, mandating me time. Yeah. Uh, which is very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of me time, what are the things that you like to do to, to uh, bring yourself some joy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm geeking out on uh, financial therapy books right now. It sounds really strange. <laughs> your own, Sarah. T. <laughs> it's, it's so, I mean, I, um, I love, so I love the library. We didn't, you don't really, you, you have libraries in China when I, when I lived there, but it's all, you know, Chinese books. And right. so, when we moved here, I was, I was geeking out on the library and I was just geeking out on, on money, um, financial therapy books. And so I actually enrolled in, in I think it was Stanford, you know, those free online courses. Yeah. So I, I actually enrolled in one of those, um, for, uh, behavior, financial behavior. Oh, wow. Um, and so, so I'm like, this is really fascinating to me. I know it sounds really, um, it sounds really <laughs> hey, weird. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and just, you know, just watching um, TV, that's to me the luxury. I do yeah. that like maybe, yeah. I'd say once a week, I actually sit down and not be interrupted for an hour. Mm-hmm. That's that's such a luxury. That's maybe. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I like my TV shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, it's, it's just a way for me to turn off and I don't Relax. know. Relax, yeah. <laughs> right. Be, be in someone else's world for a while and forget my own, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's make sure everybody knows where to find you. Well, um, you can come over to my blog at highfivingdollars.com. And then if you look at the very top menu, there should be a, um, there is a link called shop. And you can head down, you can get three free coloring pages from my current um, money coloring book. Cool. So you can try it out before you, before you buy, basically. Okay, awesome. Um, I'm doing a lot of, money Q&A videos. So if you have a question, you know, hop on a room site and just shoot me, um, my email address is on the contact page. Just shoot me and say, hey, Sarah, here's my money question and I, I would be more than happy to answer it. Okay, uh, I'm, awesome. on Twitter, I'm on Twitter at Sarah Lee Kane and Instagram at Sarah Lee Kane. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out. I know it was a little challenging with your, with your little one there beside you, but he did well. He did very well. <laughs> you <Yay>. did well. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. All righty. <laughs> It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.